Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. We're going to bring you on to our huddle. You are in. Huddle with me, Bram, with me per usual. My boy and producer, Marcus. What's up, Dub Nation? And our master of all things sound, Maxine. How's it going? Gentlemen, I am fired up to announce that Reed joining us after hell of long, a foremost authority in all things Bay Area sports, a key member of the Morning Roast on 95.7 The Game, the host of NBC Sports Bay Area's pre- and post-game Warriors coverage, and a guy whose on-air wardrobe choices have captivated an entire TV-watching audience, Mr. Bate Hill. What's going on, Bate? Guys, man, I, it's been far too long. I know we were supposed to catch up a few weeks ago. Things got crossed up on my end, i.e. your boy overslept due to having a nice little uh, five-month-old baby who's going to turn six months on the fourth, but... Man, I'm so I'm so thrilled to be back on the Warriors huddle, man. I love you guys, and you know what a, what a season for the Warriors. And yeah, as you mentioned, Bram, the wardrobe uh, grading of your boys' fashion choices was something that I didn't see coming. Yet I'm not surprised by it at all. Okay, I mean, I did have a bunch of wardrobe follow ups, but I got to take the bait, man. And I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna ask this around you, and it's gonna go towards Maxime and MT. So, boys, we love fucking Bonte. He's been with us from the beginning. He's one of our favorite guests to have on. We have hella fun with him. And he's right. A few weeks ago, we reached out. He was all scheduled up, and then he couldn't make it last minute. He had a conflict. It didn't show. Are we still pissy that he didn't show? Like, where are we standing on this? Because I mean, he did. He does have a five month old legitimate excuse. He know what I mean? Because I'm down to be angry, but I need to know where, how do we feel about him right now? I have a seven month old, so I'm completely understanding. And Bonte is my boy. And, you know, ever, ever since he rocked the Carmines, the Jordan Carmines on air, I was just like, you know what? Bonte's good in my book. Why the hell did I ask you, Marcus? I knew, <laughs> of course I knew that you were going to side with Bonte. I mean, fair enough. Let's go the wardrobe side. And Maxime, I'll throw this one towards you. So it would make me, uh, Bonte's right, dude. Like we, every time he wears something new, and he should be super proud of this, everybody comments on it. They go to social media. They have a bunch of takes on his outfit. If that was you, would you like that? Would you like that everyone obviously cares about him? Or would you feel like self-conscious? Because if it's me, 
every time I put anything on, I'd be all worried about it. I'd be looking in the mirror like 10,000 times before I got in front of the camera. For sure. I, I feel like it's too much pressure for me and I would end up slipping up, you know, and like wearing some knockoffs or something by accident and then getting a bunch of shade on the internet. So I'd rather just keep a low profile, you know. Do you get worried about Abante? Like real deal, dude, before you hop on camera, uh, are you now aware of it? I'm not going to lie. Uh, the cardigan gate cardigan gate where <laughs> i was basically labeled as mr rogers it did get my dome a little bit i was like damn it and you know what you're gaining that pandemic weight you're not being able to work out because <laughs> you got a little baby you're doing the morning show and i'm like man belly's looking a little big today man i have to say no to the cardigan so that that cardigan definitely got into my dome piece and people were calling for it. It's like, where's the cardigan? Where's the V-neck sweater? Where is it at? Just like, let me shed some pounds for a second here and let me get back to it, man. But it was definitely something like I look, I, I kind of knew that it would happen, uh, but not in the fashion that it did, man. Social media just went crazy with it. Oh man, why is he why is he wearing skinny ties? Why is he wearing big ties? Why does he have that suit on? Wear darker suits, wear slip suits, yada yada yada. The whole time my girl's dressing me and putting it together. So Thank God for her, because without her, it would have been a lot worse for your boy on social media. I am a lost man when it comes to fashion, even the car Carmines, Marcus. Like that was her idea. She would put it together, but like, sure, I should rock the Jays today. Rock the Jays today. So I started going crazy with that. So uh, it was fun, man. I got to say, man, I, I thank all you guys for the support because Warriors pre and post and doing television is something that I didn't envision. Uh, at all of my career, I'm a radio guy. I love going on podcasts. I love chopping game with you guys, but. That took on a life of its own. And you know what? It was a damn fun, damn fun experience. And we had a damn fun season with the Golden State Warriors. Like I'm as ticked off as I am about the playoffs and not making the playoffs and losing the play-in game because Draymond couldn't hit a four-foot floater. It was an entertaining season where I got a little hope for next season in terms of the Warriors continuing in the Western Conference. You and me both, let me give you props while they're deserved. Man, you kicked ass this year. You know that. And let's keep it in the context of this wardrobe shit. You handled it right, man, because you could have, like, either ignored it or tried to fight back, you know, or say, like, no, 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 my, my girl's picking this stuff out. Instead, you just owned it, which is the exact right way to go. So uh, nicely played there. We've got a Wiseman-focused episode. I got a bunch of questions whose answers I'm fired up to see that you come up with, uh, but I got to ask you this kind of generalized one, man. And it goes right into the fact that the Warriors aren't playing now. Right now, every single time they show Memphis jazz, I lose my mind a little bit and then go through an exercise. You know, if, if the Warriors were in this series, would they have a shot? Bonte, answer that question for us. Let's, let's say the collapse didn't happen. Let's say the Warriors actually did find themselves in this 8-1 series. Do you think they would actually have a shot against Utah if they were playing them? Whew. You know, I had a bet with Kate Scott on the morning roast that if the Warriors win, she would have to wear Stanford gear, Stanford gear excuse me, being that she's a Cal grad and I was going to shave off the mustache and the beard if the <laughs> Warriors would have lost. I was willing to do that here. I had faith that the Warriors competing with the Utah Jazz. And I think, I think after last night, the series going to game five in Salt Lake City would have been 2-2. I really believe that it would have been 2-2, a tied series, and who knows what happens in the best of three. Look, Donovan Mitchell looks phenomenal. Conley's hitting big shots. Bogdanovich is a monster. But Rudy Gobert offensively, is, I, he just doesn't do it for me. And offensively, you can get him caught up in pick and rolls and get him on the perimeter to where he's not comfortable. We saw him last year gets AD in the bubble, get cooked up. We've seen Steph put him in a blender time and time again. 
And the Warriors, for some reason, just felt comfortable against Utah, especially at Chase Center this past season. So I think they would have had a shot. Now, they would have needed Kelly Uber Jr. back at some point. They would have needed Damian Lee to chip in because going eight deep against that Utah team, you're asking for trouble. Eight deep, they would have wore out. They would have got worn out. Fatigue would have hit them, especially Stephen Curry, and they probably would have lost a series in six. But if they would have got the reinforcements back, which was their chance, there was a chance with Kelly Oubre Jr., and we know Damian Lee was on his way back, and maybe you're sprinkling Pascal for five to ten minutes, they may have had the shot to shock the world. I still think they probably would have came up short, but they know how to finish, man. Steph Curry, Draymond has been there before. Nobody Smith, his Grizzlies team, has been there in that situation before. So I think they would have made a compelling series. They would have been 2-2 after game four. They would have had a shot to pull off the upset. I was going to ask Marcus and Maxine for their opinion, but honestly, I don't think I could talk about this anymore. You know, because <laughs> I, I think you're right, and that series is like the canker sore in my mouth I can't get away from. You know, all I want to do is just enjoy the NBA again, Bonte. You know what I mean? Like, get over this loss, enjoy playoff basketball. It's my favorite television. And every time I'm almost there, this Memphis series comes back in my life, and then I'm back in bitter town. You know, like, I'm, I'm back to thinking, like, F John Morant. This should be Steph. This should be the Warriors. So I tell you what let's get the hell out of here let's go to uh warriors oracle this is our mailbag today's mailbag features two different types of questions either all wiseman or one that's personal let's start with the wiseman one and it's literally addressed right at you man so here we go here's the question quote you guys have spent weeks saying that you love wiseman's future but he has to be traded in the present because his title window doesn't match up with Steph and Draymond. But Bonte and the Morning Rose crew have had more than one guest come in and say that Golden State would be stupid to move on from Wiseman so soon. After thinking this out, does Bonte think the Warriors should be actively looking to trade Wiseman in the offseason? Or should they show a little patience and see what happens? I prefer to show patience because you look at this young man and you compare his stats to say, Dwight Howard is a rookie. Dwight Howard gave you 12 and 12, but in 30 minutes per game. All right, Rasheed Wallace, uh, he had a jumbled front line there in Washington with Chris Webber and Juwan Howard. Gave you like 10 and 7. KG, you look at his numbers as a rookie. Very similar to James Wiseman, who gave you 11 and a half points per game and six rebounds. And he was raw. You could tell he hadn't played a lot of basketball in the last year and a half. Personally, I would prefer to stay patient with James Wiseman because – I think the guy's got all the talent in the world. He's shown you that he could hit a three. He's got a nice little mid-range game. Now, did the game move too fast for him? Absolutely. The guy's straight out of high school. Like, let's throw the three college games out the window. Three, like, no summer league, no training camp, and he's trying to learn how to play with Stephen Curry and Draymond Green, which may have been more pressure than, say, Anthony Edwards playing in Minnesota or LaMelo Ball playing in Charlotte because there's no expectations. And you don't come to play with Stephen Curry, there's the banners, there's the MVP awards, there's there's all this stuff happening with the Golden State Warriors, especially with the fan base trying to get back into the playoffs. I prefer to stay patient unless the right player popped up. And that player has to be a top 10, top 15 player. And are you getting that for James Wiseman right now? Absolutely not. So I like I think the Warriors are in a good spot. Now it sounds crazy, right? Because they don't have the financials. You're paying Wiggins a boatload of money, but I like Wiggins as a third or fourth option. I like Clay Thompson coming back. Now, 
What capacity is Clay Thompson to come back in? Is he going to be 100%? Is he going to be the same Clay? I think he will be the same Clay, but it's just going to be in a limited capacity because he's not going to play back to backs. But is this a top four to top, top five team in a Western Conference? I think so. And with James Wiseman coming off the second, if say if he just comes off the bench and you got Looney starting at the five, well, Wiseman's going to come in mid first quarter. He's going to run the floor with Draymond and Steph Curry. He's going to be in that dunker spot, pitching all the alley oops and grabbing the rebounds. Then he could start the second unit in the second quarter. We could run a lot of pick and roll with James Wiseman and Clay Thompson. And heck, you may even have Wiggins in that lineup. And who the heck knows with uh, Kelly Oubre Jr. Not to mention Jordan Poole has turned into a bona fide NBA player. So I would prefer to stay patient with James Wiseman. I think he's got a lot of talent. Um, would the Warriors be stupid to trade him? If it's for a mid-level type of guy, if it's just for a veteran who scored nine points a game, you're going to say James Wiseman. I need me a bona fide NBA. I'm not going to say superstar, but I need a star player back. And I don't think the Warriors are going to get that unless they attach their future first-round picks for the next two to three years. And I don't think that's smart. So I'm holding on to James Wiseman. I think there's a lot of potential there. I think the young man's going to be a lot better next season. I think the game will slow down. I think he'll learn how to play defense a lot better. And he showed you flashes of what he can do on the floor. So a uh, big summer for James Wiseman. It's unfortunate with the injury, but personally, fellas, I'm, I'm keeping him. I'm keeping on. Uh, I'm, I'm keeping hold of James Wiseman. Let's put some pressure on your and MT's relationship because you know he's over there really wanting to agree with you. But I also know from previous conversations he loves Wiseman, but he doesn't see the matchup with the title window. So, MT, you just heard the ballad. You know, Bonte's on board, man. He can be JaVale McGee for the next couple of years and then maybe become Chris Bosch when the uh, – Better the than that, Brad. JaVale McGee. <laughs> Hell no. I mean, you're talking about – Nine minutes a game. You're talking about a rim runner, Bonte. So here, I, I, I will – I'll, I'll counter that. Here's my fucking concern, man. I, I agree with you. His ceiling is everything, but his floor isn't where we need it to be right now. You know, we are watching Steph Curry be Steph Curry with all capitals. That's only going to last for the next two or three years. So if they can bring in somebody to help – win now even if it's a step back i would consider it that's what we've been throwing into this mic especially marcus but let's see mt you heard him what do you think should they be actually looking to trade him or are we just talking about big names or bust i shockingly bram am against bonte on this one i think we should trade him and here's why I, i think bonte makes a lot of great points but the one point that's missing for me and my biggest concern are his assists And that's what we need the most from that position. Um, Our best position player in that role was, was Bogut over the last few years. And yeah, David West, and they were great passers. You look at what Wiseman averaged 0.7 assists a game. Like we don't need to throw it to him and it becomes the black hole. And he, you know, like squares up and shoots the long two or tries to take somebody off the dribble even though he can, and it's a strong skill set for his size and even shooting the three, we have all generation, all time shooters on our team. We need him to set screens and throw behind the, you know, through the leg bounce passes like Mark Keith Chris started to learn to do. Um, that's the role we need. And James doesn't have that skill set, at least that I can see. So I'm worried that the analytics that say when Wiseman went down and Steph started going off, that that's not an aberration, that that's true to how the fit is for those two players and that we need a player that better suits 
kind of the, you know, the Draymond Green facilitator role, even at the five position. And Wiseman just won't get there in time before Steph and Clay hang him up. Analytics. You don't need advanced stats to see what the hell happened to the Warriors after uh, Wiseman went down. My six-year-old could tell you that's when the you know the, the sprint started. That's when Steph went on his run. That's when the Warriors look like the Warriors again. But I'm gonna I'm gonna push this back to you, Monte, and I'm gonna use a listener's question because they they kind of saw where MT was gonna go. Here it is. Quote: Throughout the dynasty, the Warriors defined their success with the players who finished games, not started them. I believe in Wiseman. But with his lack of passing skills, I'm worried that he will never be a part of a Kerr death lineup to close out a playoff game. Do you think that James can succeed in a Kerr pass first system? And do you trust his hands? So what do you think, man? Because because MT is not wrong, right? And you're not wrong no. either. He's going to develop. But is that something we have to worry about? MT spot on with the way they played. Wiseman gets hurt. Pascal just goes MIA. He's got a hip flexor. Kelly Oubre Jr. gets hurt. Don't forget about that. Yeah. And all of a sudden, he's not in the starting lineup, and you're starting guys like Kent Bazemore and Michael Mulder, and Steph Curry goes on to average 37 points per game over the final two months of the season, which is still absurd when you think about what he did with this lineup and with this roster. But, look, I think the heads, a lot of people, I think they overrated how bad his heads were. I think they're better than what people, the perception is on James Wiseman. Do they need to get better? Absolutely. And I think they will get better. There's no doubt. As far as finishing the lineup and closing, look, it, being a part of that death lineup, if he's not, it's not the end of the world. If he's giving you 25 minutes to 30 minutes a game and he's not finishing in the final five because you want to go smaller and switch everything, that's okay. That's not an indictment on a young man. It, look, can you produce while you're on the floor? Can you produce? And I think he can produce. Now, there is something to the passing, right? Passing out of double teams, knowing what to pass it to Steph Curry, learning how to screen in this offense. I don't think he was a great screener. And when you look at the centers, especially during the championship run, whether it was Zaza, Andrew Bogut, David West, even JaVale McGee, and we see Kaval Looney now, they were great screeners. They screened the hell out of players to free up Steph Curry and Klay Thompson to bomb threes all day long. So not only does he have to get better passing, he has to get better as a screener in this offense. So Katie do those things. And if Curry company say, well, you know what? We really don't think he could do that for what we saw in practice, for what we saw all season. You know what? It may behoove to go to St. Warriors and just trade him. And then that is an indictment on the front office for evaluating this young man and saying, you know what? We picked the wrong player. Like, why did you go this route when you knew he couldn't pass or he couldn't screen or whatnot. So I do believe as that as that it was a great question by by that listener or that tweeter. It's a great question. But I do think I think his heads will get better. I think he'll become a better screener. He'll become a better passer. And whether or not he finishes the game or not, there's gonna be games he finishes, right. there's gonna be games he doesn't finish. That really doesn't concern me. It's just about the minutes he's playing. Are the Warriors a plus or a minus when he's on the floor? And hopefully they're a plus next season when he is on the floor. Well, you know what we can do? We can almost flip this whole they played better without Wiseman on the floor on its head, right? I mean, people see that and they assume, well, that means we got to get rid of him. But the other side of that coin is that the Warriors were able to have success without featuring Wiseman. What that means is they may be able to pursue a title window while also slowly developing him. Just like Bonte is saying, what if we have him in a secondary role? We have enough other people surrounding Steph where you know we can still pursue uh, Steph's title window as Wiseman slowly comes along, hopefully develops a passing ability, and then you know maybe, maybe he will develop fast enough uh, to help us out. But I tell you what, 
these next few questions will look exactly at that, right? So what I have here are some over-unders. But what I like about them is that they're separated out. I've got over-unders for next year, 2021, and then I have over-unders for the 2025 season for Wiseman, right? Looking into his future. Maxime, field our first. So points per game next year, 2021, this listener put it at 11.5. What do you think? Over or under? Under. Uh, I will take over out of optimism, but not a lot. I'll say 12. Bonte? Wow, I'm going over here. You guys are hard on Wiseman. What's go. going on on the Warriors huddle, man? I got to check your temperature, Maxime. I'm going <laughs> over here. I say he gets close to 15 points per game next season. Wow. I mean, I would absolutely love that. I mean, the, just to clarify there, you know, I'm, I feel like if we want to develop him, like Bram was saying on that longer timeline, I don't see him getting enough minutes to have that level of impact. Especially right. if we're, if we're, you know, speeding hopefully towards title contention, mm-hmm. but here's the real one. And, I was excited. You know what? Not to cut you off that is injury. Now that is a concern of mine. There's no doubt. Now that I'm sitting back looking at James Wiseman, we don't know if he's going to be ready for training camp. We don't know if he's going to be ready for the start of the season. That is a concern for James Wiseman. There's no doubt about that. So I don't blame – actually, now that I'm sitting back thinking about it, I don't blame you guys if you do go under here because that meniscus injury is a serious deal, especially for a big man. Let me let me give you a number that uh, whose answer I'm even more excited for. This is for the 2025 season. Marcus, you go first. The over-under on points per game for Wiseman in the 25 season is 25 and a half. You take the over or the under? take the under and he's doing it in a jersey that doesn't stay warriors on it uh what do you put it at what do you expect how about let me let me push it down i put it at 22 over under in, in four years 22 i still think under but i think he's huh. right around 2021 20, i mean you know clay's average 21 last season is he a good a score as clay yeah, but if you think he's going somewhere else, I mean, Clay did that while playing with the greatest scorer of all time, right? Or at least one of them. If if Wiseman's somewhere else, he may be the the centerpiece of an offense. Bonte, it seems like you think he's going to average like fifty fucking next year. So twenty twenty five, I I put it at twenty two and a half. Do you take the over or the under? Damn, I, I will go under. I will go under because I see him like I see him being a Chris Bosh, a Chris Bosh type of player. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm going under. I, I think. His career high in his career may not be more than 22, 21, 5 or something like that. So I'm going to go under. Uh, keep the mic. Times he will look sad in 2021. I put the over <laughs> under on 24,608. I take the over. I take the over way over. What do you think, man? Are we going to have an improvement in his facial expressions or is that just who this gentleman is? <laughs> yeah, it's he's got to work on the mentals, man. I, look, <laughs> I, full disclosure, I did a, uh, a one-on-one with him right before he got popped for safe, health and safety protocols uh, when he was about to go back home, you know, when he was about to play against Memphis and Houston or whatnot. Um, and, you know, I was asking him about that. I was like, man, what, what about your body? When you go, dude, I need to work on that. My mom's all over me about it. But the kid does get frustrated, man. I, I mean, gosh, he, he's such a kid, right? He's such a kid. And he's getting frustrated and the pressure play with Steph. God, I'm gonna go under just for sanity, man. I think he's he new and approved. I'm, a, I'm a, I got faith in James Wiseman, man. I, I'm going under here. Uh, I got to get to our personal question because I know we're gonna lose you. Uh, so this person wrote in and asked us this: the fans have lost their damn minds recently. From popcorn to spit bombs, we've seen crowds do far too much in the last few weeks. What is the worst thing you've either personally done? 
or seen somebody else do during a sporting event. And Bonte, to give you time to think and maybe even to give you an excuse to give off something a little embarrassing, I'll go first and I'll give you one for each, dude. So I'll, I'll start with the most embarrassing thing I've done in a sporting event. And I'm, I'm not proud of this and it's not an NBA game for what it's worth, but I went to UC Santa Cruz and UC Santa Cruz had a hoop team, if you can call them that, you know, and, and you can imagine how many people showed up to those <laughs> games. I and mean, we're talking like under 100, right? <laughs> Me and my boy used to go to those games, drink 40s in the parking lot, go inside and talk huge shit like not nothing like inappropriate right but like enough and there was only 100 people in there and we knew the santa cruz team really well so it felt justified so i mean i can remember like calling people out on their shoes and i mean their parents are in the game so terrible person dude absolute terrible person and then the worst thing i've ever seen done this was at a Cal hoop game and they were doing that thing where they have the shirts that they're going to give out and the cheerleader has a shirt in her hand and she's going to throw it into the crowd and she's trying to get everybody fired up, you know, like the section in front of her to stand up before she throws it. So she's doing that. She's using her left hand to like pump everybody up and she's got the shirt behind her cocked back in her right hand. And right before she throws it, somebody in the front row stands up and strip uh, sacks her like literally like knocks her hand back like she was Charles Woodson and Tom Brady and knocks the the shirt out of her hand picks it up and disappears into the crowd and I'm pretty sure she suffered like a shoulder injury or something so that was mine dude two two nasty things only one of which I was involved in uh Bonte you either something you've done or something you've watched I'd prefer if you did it but I'll take if you yeah. watched well two things here uh one as a kid Booker T Washington Recreation Center um, to an A's game, an A's Red Sox game, Friday night. Oh, I like 11 years old. Ricky Henderson was still playing for the A's. I know he had two stolen bases. They scored one run that game. Uh, that's what I remember about that. But I came off the bleachers. The elephant was walking around, walking around the A's mascot. I jumped off one of the seats and just straight up people's elbowed him. No. <laughs> and it was like, man, he was he was hurting for a second. I was like, damn. And, you know, I got in a lot of trouble there with Booker T. Washington, some of the youth leaders there. And then, two, I was sitting in the arcade as a 20, oh, about 25, 26. And Benji Molina was running down the first baseline. And let me tell you, he hit this grinder. Shortstop goes deep into the hole. I mean, deep. It is an infield single if it's anybody else. And Benji's just, oh, man, he's chugging along the first baseline. <laughs> he gets thrown out, and it's kind of quiet. And I just yell, you fat piece of bleep. How dare you get there? And I just curse him out, and everybody's looking at me, the kids and stuff. And I was just like, damn, that's kind of embarrassing. Well, at the time, I didn't think so. But then a few days later, I was like, damn, why did I do that? No wonder that I <laughs> back. So uh, that was two things right off the top of my head. And there's probably a long list of embarrassing things I've done at games. But, man, I have cleaned up my acting. How dare these fans here during these playoffs, man? Come on, people. Come on, man. We haven't had sports. But those are two things for me right off the rip of uh, embarrassing moments I've had at Sporting Events. I love that you beat Stomper's ass for no reason. I definitely would not no have reason. seen that coming. I mean, just taking him down. I, I sat behind Manu Ginobili and started a balding chant once. I snuck down to the uh, the front row. And when I say started a balding chant, I mean, I was the only person saying that over and over. Uh, Marcus, Maxime. Real quick, Bram, real quick. I beat Stomper's ass. But then I tried to beat uh, Tasmanian Devil's ass at Six Flags of Vallejo, and he like punched at me and slapped me in my mouth, and like I was like, "Damn, I'm never messing with a mascot again." So lesson okay. learned: don't mess with Tasmanian Devil. Don't you try? Don't you try to not give us details on that? So what? So you tried to repeat your people's elbow, and Tasmanian yeah, Devil just didn't wasn't having it, dude. I was a kid just trying to punk mascots here, man. Just trying to punk them. <laughs> 
And I walked up to Tasmanian Devil. I was like, oh, man, let's beat up the mascot. And then Tasmanian <laughs> Devil walked up on me, said, kind of chin-checked me. I was like, man, this guy's got some hands. And he, like, flinched at me. I backed up. And when I saw him the rest of the day, he would, like, flinch at me to be like, yeah, you still want to fuck with me? You still want to fuck with me? And I was like, damn. I'm never messing with a mascot again. So when I saw Mickey Mouse in Disneyland, definitely didn't mess with Mickey Mouse. Didn't mess with Minnie Mouse. So that was right my call. Word. right call. You'd be the the FBI would have put you in jail had you fucked with anybody Probably. in Disneyland. Yeah. And I know yeah. Marcus and Maxime have stories, but I also know we're going to lose you. So I have to say, damn, I missed you, Bonte. I mean, a really great story, and I am positive that I'm not the only one who's not only happy to hear your voice again, but knows they need far more of it in their life. So for those out there who need more hill let us know where should they turn like i always say here uh bram and maxim and mt if you need more me in your life you're not doing something right man it's a depressing life but if you want more me in your life monday through friday 6 to 10 a.m morning roast 95 7 game uh basketball season will be back in full effect and nbc told me they want to bring me back which is <laughs> good luck with that one so we'll be back doing some draft shows up here and i'll be back with you guys make sure you catch up with me i'm going to get back on here to talk some draft hopefully we have a little more time to chop it up and some things will plan out here in the playoffs to where maybe the clippers implode maybe they don't maybe the lakers implode you know what i'm saying so uh a lot could happen here in the next month or two but i definitely want to get back on here before the draft lottery and or excuse me after the draft lottery see what our warriors are picking and then we could talk some business we could talk some shop here on some potential moves with the go to state warriors you have an open mic as you know and i also want a little bit of props i'm getting you out of here 25 seconds early as promised big man so no we'll talk yeah. to you soon we love you go warriors uh, and everybody else stick with us we still got a couple more wiseman over unders to get through no doubt daddy duty's calling me folks so thanks for the questions man tough questions there keep throwing them at bram maxim and marcus mt uh, uh, good to hear from you guys, man. Always, always a pleasure. We'll talk to you soon. Bonte. All right, guys. This episode of The Huddle is brought to you by our presenting sponsor, the Athletic Club Oakland, a local sports bar we just love. Look, COVID stole a lot of things from us over the last year, and one of the biggest things it took was the ability to watch sports with other people. The Athletic Club is giving that back to us. The ACO has shut down their entire side street, created an enormous Outdoor space called the Town Gardens and filled that space with tables and huge TVs and their full complement of service and food. It's big, it's comfortable, and it's just a great spot to watch the NBA playoffs with other NBA fans. The Athletic Club is now our go-to spot to watch all sports, especially the league, and we hope you'll join us there. In fact, if we see anyone at the ACO in a huddle shirt, beer on us the athletic club oakland where sports fans can be sports fans again all right boys don't think we are suddenly going to avoid your embarrassing story so right back to either of you and we haven't heard from you for a minute marcus so i'm hoping you have something that makes you look really bad but something terrible that happened at a sporting event uh that either you did or you saw somebody else do I was trying to think. I don't have a good story. I need to keep thinking. Maxime, can you go? Because I, I need to think one. I, all my stories. You, you didn't beat actually, Jordan one-on-one or something. <laughs> oh, so embarrassing. Uh, yeah, like uh, took over the announcing, and they're like, you have a great announcing voice. Like something like that, something that made you look really good. 
No, all my stories mostly have to deal with you and you tell all the stories about how just ushers don't respect you and never give you fist bumps. Holy shit. The only thing that would have pissed me off more than another, here's an embarrassing story, but it's not at all and it makes me look hella good, was here's an embarrassing story and it's Brams, dude. You better come on. I don't give a fuck if you have to make it up. Come up with something. Maxime, you got anything? Yeah, I mean, I got all kinds of shit because I'm an idiot. Um... Uh, you know, one that comes like to- Marcus, who's perfect, apparently. <laughs> Sorry, man. Go ahead. No, you're right. Uh, I, I, uh, the one that comes to mind that I wanted to share in part because my boy Russ, one of our Patreon subscribers, is involved in it. We went to high school together, and uh, we we were the three with another homie of ours, Aaron, debaucherous at uh, our um, rival high school's girls' soccer game, and uh, it was overtime. And uh, our team, Akalani, scored the goal, right? And we knew because we checked the rule book that it's golden goal, which means that it's over. Uh, so we immediately flip over the, the railing and run onto the field screaming and yelling only to realize that, like, <laughs> all the players are still standing there, right? Camp Lindo girls are, like, staring daggers at us. Um, I've, like, lost my moccasins. I guess it was cold as hell, you know? Like, Aaron ripped his shirt off. The whole thing was completely crazy, and we had to be escorted off the field, um, you know, the one thing that's, it's embarrassing because like, there's a whole, you know, basically a bunch of moms, right. That are sitting there watching this happen, who pretty much know who we are and we're acting like fools, but it's also in some ways embarrassing for the ref because it was definitely golden goal. And they still said that they were going to play out the rest of the period. So <laughs> Marcus was your favorite word in that last story. Like me, moccasins, I was like moccasins, 1000%. <laughs> I mean, I definitely did. I should. Okay. We're now it was cold and I lost my moccasins. Okay, we I'm are we're now encouraging stories that ask for random things you've worn like moccasins, you know, getting back to dances with wolves with Marcus, Maxime and Bram. <laughs> so with, with that uh, embarrassing story that it's right back on you, MT, tell me you've like some creative writing, something, dude, you showed up to a game naked. Just give me something even if it's a lie. I showed up in just moccasins. It was weird. <laughs> yeah, boom. Um, <laughs> that sounds like Maxime's story, you filthy liar. <laughs> I don't have it. I mean, the only the most embarrassing thing I could think of, I've already told the story, is when <laughs> that girl I brought to the game held the ball for too long, and then I was caught on the camera, and it just threw salt in my game. So that was pretty embarrassing, but I just oh, don't, I don't have anything I other have than what you, what you do. You just yeah, humiliate you me enough for the both of us. I'll <laughs> add another one. And I should have told this to Bonte, but there was a period of time when the Warriors actually had two versions of thunder out there. They had the normal thunder who, by the way, friend of the podcast, rest in peace. And then they had what I'll refer to as inflatable thunder. They put this guy in this giant oh, yeah. inflatable suit and had him like bounce around. And I was at a game and my boy Dave, who may or may not have been intoxicated, ran into normal thunder and for God knows what reason came up to him and told him, I don't really like you, but big blue guy, I'm a huge fan of. (laughs) And thunder without missing a beat. And it must've been somebody who was replacing thunder because I'm now familiar with the regular voice answered in a really high pitched voice and told him to fuck himself, which, which was incredible, you know? And then I guess not embarrassing. It didn't immediately involve me, but, uh, it follows the mascot trend back to over under boys. The number is eight. It's rebounds for James Wiseman in 2021. Do you take the over or the under over? I think he gets nine. I don't think he averages double digits, but, I think he gets enough minutes to get up to nine rebounds a game. Yeah, here, let's let's put this together because the way I've asked it is piecemeal and it's kind of hard to follow along. 
So give me for 2020, give me two answers. All right. The minutes per game, the points per game and the rebounds per game you expect next year. And then the exact same stats four years from now, 2025. Right. So I'll go first. I think he's going to play less than 20 minutes next year. I think he's going to put up somewhere around 13, 12 and a half, 13 points. And I think he's going to end up with about eight rebounds next year. I think we fast forward 2025. Those numbers jump. He reaches the ceiling we want. I think in 2025, his numbers are around 30 minutes per game. I think he's a 20 point per game score, 20, 20 and a half. And I think he's a double double guy. I think he's going to be at 11 rebounds. I, I believe in his future. What do you guys got? Nice. I think um, next season he averages 18 minutes. Um, I think he averages 12 and nine points and rebounds respectively. Um, 2025, again, I don't think it's in a Warriors jersey, but I think he's averaging 28 minutes a game, 28, 29. And I think he's points wise, he's he in rebounds, he's doing 18 and 12. I think. Yeah, I love all the optimism there. I'm still a little bit concerned about next year. I'm putting the minutes more closer to 16, um, giving him something like 10 or 11 points per game um, and seven rebounds, let's say. But then in 2025, like you all say, I mean, there's tons of reasons to be optimistic. He's got all the talent in the world. And I do think with an organization like the Warriors, things are going to look pretty good. So I could see him getting them up into the high 20s, um, low 30s for minutes. So let's say let's say 30 right on the dot. Um, and uh, 22 points per game on uh, 11 rebounds. I've got a bunch of suggested Wiseman trades, but I'm going to use them as a tease as opposed to content. We're going to circle back and hit this stuff either later this week or early next. Instead, I'll just ask you one question that could lead into it. In the 2025 season, yes or no, will James Wiseman be playing for the Golden State Warriors? Already answered this three times, no. MT, who do you think? Do you think he'll be playing for the Warriors in the 2025 season? Go fuck yourself, Maxine. <laughs> what do you think? Uh, I, I think he will be. Yes. Will he be sponsored by a specific moccasin company by that point? <laughs> I sure hope so. Yeah, Maxime's moccasins. It rolls off the tongue. <laughs> I wouldn't go for that. I, I mean, yeah, you're right. There's some alliteration, but uh, I'd come up with another title. I am going to say he does not play here. Um, I think that the Warriors. Recent statements, and we kind of covered it with both Wes and Connor, suggest they're looking around and that they understand they need to give Steph what he needs to win one. So I think he might be out of the door. But I'll also say if he is here, I'm not disappointed by that at all. You know, I, I genuinely believe in his future. Um, with that in mind, let's go to our close and let me start here. So you guys may have noticed that we've joined a network. We joined Minute Media's network, which gives us access to a lot of stuff. Minute Media um, is a fairly big deal, at least in our eyes. They run sites like Blue Man Hoop, Fan Sided, a Players Tribune, and we are proud to be a part of them. One of, I don't know, upsides, downsides, depends on how you look at it, is that it comes with a ass ton of ads. In fact, you may have noticed that right up front, you find yourself wading through um, a couple of advertisements. I don't have the heart to tell you that you might want to press that 30-second skip-ahead button. Certainly, you know, it wouldn't be right for me to tell you that. But I can tell you that if you are nice enough to support us on Patreon, which incidentally 
just means the world to us and makes a humongous difference. One of the ways we will pay you back for that exceptional loyalty and uh, help is by giving you a feed completely free of ads. So if you hop up on Patreon, look up Warriors Huddle and support us for as little as like a dollar a month, you can get out of the ads and help us out with that in mind. Go Warriors. Hopefully we'll see you next week. Good, good. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.